Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Jana Lee. Jana has over four years experience as a COO and operations consultant for digital entrepreneurs. She specializes in executing scalable team and systems infrastructures and harnessing the true power of operations as a lever for compound growth. Her passion lies in scaling purpose-based businesses and partnering with the founding entrepreneurs to unlock their highest potential and impact. I'm very excited for this chat, so let's get started. Jana, thank you for being at the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? Absolutely. I'm doing amazing. It's awesome to be here. Awesome, Jenna. So I ask every single one of my guests to tell us what they were doing before they became entrepreneurs and why did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I got into operations about five years ago and about four of those years were spent in operational leadership roles at various companies. The one I had right before I began my own business, I was COO and head operations coach for a a coaching program that was coaching hundreds of digital businesses, online businesses, helping them grow and scale. Um, And so that gave me uh, a lot of clear insights into what works for businesses, what doesn't work with businesses, what are the common wins and pitfalls. And I realized as far as why I wanted to become an entrepreneur, I mean, I realized that I could help more people by serving multiple clients and scaling my own impact as opposed to serving one client, namely the company that I was working for and just focusing on their one vision. And so what I'm trying to understand here is like you from when you were young, you're already thinking about uh, opening your own business and then you started working as CEO and then you, you started or was it something that you said, you know what, I'm kind of this role is going kind to of, kind of getting tight for me and mm. I kind of want to spread my wings. You know, it's funny because I actually had tried to start my own business maybe a year or two before that, and it had just so catastrophically failed. And I pulled (laughs) from that, like it was, and and for so many reasons, right? That had nothing to do with entrepreneurship, but I pulled from that the lesson that I shouldn't be an entrepreneur, that actually it wasn't something I was good at. It wasn't something that I should do. Um, And so that's where I really stepped into working with other people and other people's businesses was like, oh yeah, this isn't something for me. Um, And then as I kind of moved away from that experience and really what it came down to was developing operations as a skill set, like developing a high value skill set that I felt confident that actually it was something unique. It was something valuable. It was something I could bring to a market and a market would want from me. Once I had that, I realized, oh, actually, like the reasons that those that old business failed had nothing to do with 
being an entrepreneur or not being an entrepreneur, it's that I wasn't setting myself up for success in the model that I chose. Mm -hmm. And so now in starting my consulting and coaching firm, I've chosen the model that is so much more in alignment with how I like to do business, who I like to do business with, and centered around a core skill set that I believe to be truly valuable. And that has made all the difference in the world. Awesome. And so take us through the journey of going from uh, employee to, to uh, uh, having a successful business now. Um, and what do you think are maybe the one or two different skills that, that, uh, that you, you said, of course, like that now you, you center your business around your strengths. So what are they and how important are they to your everyday, um, you know, uh, part of your business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I, I lucked out, frankly, because operations is it's something unique. It's something very tangible and clear. It's something that every single business needs. And it's something that I truly, truly love. And so having a having the focus right from the very beginning around here's who I am and here's what it is that I provide has helped more than anything else. Right. Like I have been asked to offer services or products that were not related to operations. I've been asked to step outside of that zone, but the reality is, and I think this is true for, for anybody starting a business, is that the sooner you can lock in, the sooner you can focus on what it is that you uniquely provide to your market, the faster you're able to grow and scale because it helps you make decisions and help you helps you from getting your focus pulled in all these different directions. So you're actually able to really dial in, what is my product? Who is my market? How do I get in front of them? How do I serve them? And so I think the process for me in that way, I got lucky and I was able to shortcut that learning curve because that was decided for me from the very beginning um, when I stepped out of being a COO and into being an operations consultant. It was it was frankly pretty easy for me. I was able to take you know, a handful of the clients that I had been coaching who wanted more of my time and more of my expertise and now be able to put an offer in front of them that enabled us to work closer together and away we went. That was the start of it. Awesome. So let me dive in a bit deeper in, in the consulting part of your business because mm. a lot of the uh, people that listen to this podcast, they're either uh, about to quit their nine to five and they Love are, uh, you know, maybe like accountants or lawyers or doctors sure. or sure. they already have a business, but they may be struggling to bring it to the next level, take it to the next level and scale it. So as an operations consultant, can you give us a couple of golden nuggets that our listeners can bring home? What should they do to change the direction of their business and finally make it grow? Mm. So is your question around essentially when you are first starting your business, what are kind of the key golden nuggets that can help you begin to grow it rapidly, quickly? Scalably. Yeah, yeah, to scale, exactly, to scale. Because, you know, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast uh, may already have a few clients, may already right. be going decently, but they want to make a bigger impact. They want to hire staff. They want Got to it. close more deals. Yes. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, beautiful. So the, the biggest thing that I can stay at, like early, early stage business, right, is that you have to develop a reliable acquisition model, period nothing else matters. And this is coming from operations, right? But I tell people all the time in early stages of business, operations is actually a distraction because until you can figure out how to reliably close deals, reliably go out into the market, find your ideal client, get your message in front of them, and then close them into your services. Frankly, nothing else matters. 
nothing else matters because <laughs> there is nothing to scale. Like your, your company is an existential threat until you can figure that out. Yeah. And so like the, the biggest piece of advice I could give to early stage entrepreneurs, especially those who are already coming in with a skill set like I did, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You have this unique high value skill set. Figure out who it is that you want to serve, where it is that they hang out online, how it is that you are going to get your message in front of them, and then how you are going to close them into your product or service. That is all you need to be focused on. That is all you need to be iterating around. You don't need to worry about like, is my product scalable or can I do this? Like, what is this team going to look like or how, right? Like none of that matters until you have figured out how to reliably generate appointments and close those appointments into services. That's amazing. And and so this is, first off, I, I think that you're, you're speaking truth. And I think that, uh, come, like you said, coming from an operations consultant, uh, it looks almost like you are going against the grain. But in reality, what, what happens in, by experience is that once you then start onboarding clients, that's when yes. you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I need systems. I need process. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we'll get to it, right? I love operations. I'm not saying don't do it. But here's the thing, right? Operations at the end of the day is about efficiency. And so I see a lot of first-time entrepreneurs spending a lot of their time trying to systemize things out, or they're going to build all these SOPs. But the reality is, A, that SOP is going to change another 100 times in like the next 10 days until you've really locked in what it's going to look like, right? So every second that you're spending building that SOP only to have it change again, that's time wasted. That's not efficient, right? Building out systems before you even need to have them, right? Like, what do you need systems about? You don't have any clients. You don't have anything to track. Like, until you have critical volume of activity and, and like junction points in your business, There's nothing to optimize. There's nothing to make efficient. And in fact, it is a waste of your time and energy. It's inefficient for you to try and build out this structure around something that doesn't yet exist and isn't yet fully formed. Makes little sense. And so um, once people are closing their, let's say their goal was to close uh, 25 to 30K a month um, in sales, maybe they have like three to $5,000 clients. So let's say they already have seven to 10 clients. All right. So once they get to this point, uh, maybe they started to hire the first like three or four people to fulfill the services and things yep. are starting to get out of hand. So, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> what would we do at this point to kind of uh, tame, you know, the business yep. and make sure that 100%. it works for us and not the other way around? A hundred percent. Yeah. So now we're getting into the realm of operations, right? There's essentially a couple of core pillars that I think enter into any business at that stage that provide just like operational foundation, right? You need a couple of things. Number one, you need clean communication channels. So that means if up until now you've been like half texting, half WhatsApping, half Facebook messaging, half slapping your team, like you need to get a single communication channel where all communication is going through, it's organized, it's like trackable so you can refer back to it. That's gonna be something like Slack, right? Just choose one channel, stick to it. So you need a core communication channel that's internally. You need a core communication channel externally. So if you were texting your clients and calling them and emailing them, choose one, right? And start streamlining that information flow and communication flow. And then the second core pillar that I would say that you need is essentially a, I call it a single source of truth. Some people will call it like a project management system, but you need a way of essentially centralizing all of the information about these clients. And that is the single greatest 
benefit that you can bring to your team as you start to onboard them is that now my team, instead of having to be across like five different softwares at once, just to track down who this client is, how I'm communicating with them and what their, their activity log is, I can go to a single place to get all of that information, do every, like the 80, 20 of what I need to do to execute over the course of my day can be stored, centralized, and uh, let's say like facilitated by this single technology. And if you have that and you're starting to put all of the core functions of your business into a single place, what happens is that as you grow from seven to 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 clients, that resource only becomes more and more valuable, more and more centralized, more and more up to date. And your team is able to very easily plug into that, start executing more efficiently. What it's going to prevent is that you have to hire more people or that your team is spending their entire time just like reaching out to each other in Slack, essentially trying to track down what the heck is going on with this client and who is that person and what was their payment plan and I can't find their contract and like all of those sorts of things go away. And that allows you to scale as quickly as possible, as efficiently as possible, and with no time wasted, just trying to track down information or just do your daily functions. Awesome. Awesome. And so I'm going to ask you a question that uh, maybe it's not something that you may not hear often, but I I did hear this several times during my coaching calls with my clients. And they said, you know, like we onboarded this client is a great client. However, they are the ones setting the rules. Like you said before, you said you want to have one channel to communicate with your team members. Um, But in this case, uh, one channel for the team members and one channel with your clients. But what Hmm. if you land a client and they're giving you a hard time because they're like, okay, call me at this number uh, or like, I don't use email. Uh, Is there a way that you tell your clients uh, to politely kind of set the right boundaries to make sure that uh, they understand that you're using the system for their best interest? Yeah, 100%. I mean, in terms of how you would frame that to the client and then why it's important, I think those are two different parts to this answer, right? As far as how to frame it, I'd say something like, hey, Mr. Client, in order for me and my team to best serve you, we use this system in order to communicate as quickly as possible. This is where we're going to be accessible. You're going to hear back from us as quickly as possible. And this is where we're going to have all of the information relevant to your account. So we can make sure that we get you the right answer that you need quickly, right? Something framing around how you're going to add value to them and how it's in their best interest for them to join you in your system. But guys, I would say way more important than that, right? Because some of you might be like, "Mm, I don't want to have that conversation. You're a consultant, which means that in order for you to be able to best serve your clients, they need to perceive you as an authority, right? At the end of the day, it comes down to how you're setting the dynamic and the framework of that relationship. If you're playing by their rules, meaning they get to set the terms of the relationship, they get to set how that relationship is done. You're catering to their whims. I'm sorry, but they're not respecting you as an authority. That's not the relationship that you have. You're essentially a expert customer service representative at that point, right? But we all know this to be effective as consultants. You have to tell your clients the hard truth. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like you got to set back that your whole job is setting boundaries with them. It's telling them the things that they don't want to hear. And so you can't do that from a frame of, oh, I'll meet you on your terms, right? They are stepping into your world. And so if for no other reason than that, It is important to set boundaries around how that relationship is going to work, what you are and are not willing to show up for, and how you are going to show up to deliver your best work. 
Uh, awesome, Jenna. Another question that uh, I wanted to ask you, because I'm sure that my listeners will want to know more about this, is hiring. And mm. I know that as an operation, part of the operations, a big part of operations is hiring and, and, yep. and maintaining and training staff members. So can you give us a couple of do's and maybe one or two don'ts about hiring and firing individuals in your business so that you can build a cohesive team that works together? Yes, absolutely. Oh God, so much to say on this topic. Um, I think the biggest questions that I often hear are like, how do I know who to hire? Who do I hire first? So my best practice around that guys is essentially what you need to identify as the entrepreneur, as the founder is that right now you are wearing, if you don't have any team at all, right? You are wearing every single hat in the business. Some of those hats represent higher value add to your business than others, right? Some are like sales is a super high value add. Product is a super high value add hat Mm -hmm. that you are wearing. Other hats, things like if you're maybe doing some sort of cold marketing that's taking up hours and hours to do like 5,000 cold outbound emails, whatever, Mm -hmm. that is taking up a ton of time, but that hat is not super valuable. Mm -hmm. And so what you need to identify in terms of like, who do I hire first Take a look at what's on your plate. Take a look at the things that are taking up your time and identify what are the lowest value activities that are taking up the highest amount of my time. Put a scope of work around that and that is your first hire. And then literally all hiring is, is systematically working your way up that list so that you are at any given point in time taking the most amount of time spent on the least valuable activities And you are delegating that out so that you can reallocate that time towards the higher value activities that only you can drive to your business. And that is how we build any team across any business at any size. Like that is all hiring is. So first get clear on who it is that you want to hire. And then I would say my number one best practice about how to hire somebody successfully. And this is difficult in a startup because the people that you are asking to come on board generally are also going to be wearing a lot of hats, right? So that being said, my number one best practice when it comes to hiring is build a definition of success for that role before you go out and you look for it. I see a lot of first-time entrepreneurs hire their friend or their brother or like a friend of a friend or like the person, the first person they interviewed online because like they're stressed and they just need to get somebody in, right? Yes. It doesn't matter when, it will always come down to your team, guys. Your team and who you put on your team is the single most important decision that you can make at any stage of growth. So even at the very beginning, even if you already have a team of 10, then you already know this, who you hire matters. So slow the process down and build a definition of success before you go out and you look for it because then your interview process isn't about your best guess or who you like the most. It is about recognizing in somebody a match for the profile that you have already built for that person in that role who will show up and be successful in the role that you need them to be. And recognizing somebody is way easier than trying to take a stab in the dark at whether somebody might be the right fit or not. So I would say, I guess there's my do's and then the one don't. The one don't would be like, don't hire out of scarcity. Don't hire out of urgency. Guys, there are so many talented people in the world. Go out and find the person who is the right fit for what you need them to be at this stage of growth for the role that you have designed. Hiring the wrong person is one of the most expensive mistakes that we can make in our business ever. I agree with you 100%. And wow, like the way that you broke down the, 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 
uh, the, the system that you use to, to uh, look for who to hire first is also very eye-opening for a lot of people because sometimes people are like, oh, I want to I wanna hire right away for things that I, things that I don't want to do or I don't know how to for do. Sure. They, they, they kind of use, which you know, makes some logical sense at, at a certain level, but of course it's not the right answer. And, and what he did right now is actually like make that very, very clear. Uh, sure. Jenna, I wanted to ask you, is there something exciting that you're working on right now that you want to share with our audience? Um, yeah, I'm actually working on launching. Essentially, I've just split my main coaching program into two. So I'm very excited about that. I've split it now into Ops Manager Academy and COO Academy. So I now have two coaching programs for operators. These are for if you're like an individual who wants to get into operations or if you're a business owner and you have a member of your team that you think is operations inclined, but you don't know how to train that up or you don't know how to develop that person. I now have two programs to help them into a management position or like a full-on head of operations, director of ops, COO level position. And I'm very excited to be launching that. Awesome. And uh, for what concerns the, the, the details, uh, is there, uh, how long is the, the program um, and how can people look up more information about the program? Yeah. So definitely the best way would be to get in touch with me either through my social or through my website. That's www.johnnelly.com. Happy to answer any questions. You can see more information about the programs there. Um, the short answer is it's a two month program and a five month program. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to essentially, and I always have a free discovery call before anybody or their operator joins my program to make sure that they're the right fit and the program is the right fit for what they need. Awesome. Jen, again, thank you very much. I was going to ask you, where can people find you online? You kind of mentioned it. I'm going to re-mention it again one more time for clarity for about Absolutely. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I would say the best way, guys, if you're interested in me and what it is that I do, just grab my website. It's johnnalee.com. And uh, all the information is in there, as well as a way of getting in touch with me if you want to learn more. Awesome. Jen, again, thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to having you back in the show in the future and enjoy the rest of the day for now. Absolutely. You as well. Thanks so much. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.